on today's episode of Life and Times. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode of Life and Times with Quentin. I'm so happy to have you guys here today. On today's episode, I have a very special guest. Um, she's been featured in Psychology Diary uh, on NBC7 San Diego and a variety of other projects. She currently has a podcast out right now called The Filipino Woman Project, available now on Spotify. Her name is Jen Amos. Um, the title of today's episode is Essential Workers and Growing Up Military. Uh, today, we're just going to be talking about a variety of subjects, um, mental health being uh, the main subject, as well as her background, both being a woman of color, uh, growing up military with her father being in the military, and lastly, um, being a veteran's wife. Side note, I also would like to note her project, which I thought was really cool, was uh, noted by Spotify uh, during Asian American and uh, Pacific Islander Heritage Month as amplifying Asian women's voices. And I felt like she'd be the perfect guest to speak to today. So without further ado, let's get to it. Today's episode may be triggering for some, so if you are having thoughts of suicide or know someone who is, please call the National Suicide Hotline at available 24 hours at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Cool. All right. Um, well, thank you so much, um, Jen, for joining me on the 11th episode of Life and Time. Um, essential workers and growing up military. I am so happy to have you here today. Um, what has it been like? I feel like this year has been so interesting and just a really unique time and period. What has it been like for you and um, quarantine during COVID? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. I'm really happy to be here and be present with you and just have an open dialogue about uh, the bright side of things, <laughs> particularly in these interesting times, as you've mentioned. Uh, I want to say that I think every year is different. I, I, I know that a lot of people are saying that um, these times are really interesting and, it, and it's not our, you know, everyone has to establish a new normal and everything. But honestly, every year has been like that for me. Um, I mean, I was formerly living in the West Coast for about 20 years and I'm in the East Coast now for the last two years. And, uh, um, and so I'm just used to, and being, and having, <clears throat> having that uh, background of being a military child, I'm just used to change frequently. So, you know, I think to go back to the present moment and, uh, and answer your question, um, I honestly, I feel, I feel good. And a part of it has a lot to do with really your philosophy on the show is that I have, I've always been someone who knows how to adapt and and always looks for the lessons and things that may be a little hard to see the lessons. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's really it. I feel very level-headed. Um, mental health is really important to me. I'm actively in therapy <laughs> and I, yeah. you know, community is extremely important to me. So, you know, if anything, I'm just, I'm grateful to count my blessings this year and just really focus on that, focus on gratitude and what I do have as opposed to maybe what I could, what I've lost this year. 
Okay, well, we're going to take a small little break. Hold on one second. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Can you so, hear me okay, by the way? I just noticed my Wi-Fi is down. So I just, oh, oh, yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Okay, um, great, great. So, yeah, I think that's really important. So growing up military, what was that experience like um, growing up military or being around any, what I call, I consider an essential worker? Um, yeah. That like? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it definitely really shaped who I've become. Uh, as an adult, I'm 32. And at the time, I think for the first decade of my life, first of all, I, um, I think what it did for me was embrace how multifaceted I am. My parents were from the Philippines and my dad joined the Navy because his dad told him that although I come from a family of farmers, both my mom's mom and dad's side, my dad's dad told him that, you know, you might love farming, but you need, you know, you need to get a better life and have, you know, create better opportunities for your family. And so he joined the military and um, I was born in Japan at, in the naval base, Yokosuka Naval Base specifically, and um, as an American. <laughs> and so, you know, you think early on, I have different uh, cultures to juggle with at a very young age. My Philipp being Filipino descent, being born in Japan and being raised as an American and moving around for uh, every two to three years because we were a military family. Uh, it was up until I lost my dad, unfortunately, uh, when I was 10, that was in 1998. And he was, uh, he actually went missing while on active duty. And even till oh this God. day, we don't know yeah, yeah. Even till this day, we don't know exactly what happened to him. His death certificate says that um, his death is unknown or, or he may have drowned. Um, and so that really, you know, that added a lot to my own personality growing up. And uh, earlier this year, my sister, who is, who's five years younger than me, she was only she was actually only five when we had uh, lost my dad. So she's used to being raised by a single parent. Uh, but really this year, she wanted to learn more about our dad and what we had come to find um, through stories, through what our family and uh, his best friend who's still around has told us is that my dad may have suffered um, with, with depression and suicidal ideation. And we're gathering that, um, you know, maybe part of the reason why they marked his death as unknown is so that we can still benefit from um, just just the death benefits of having lost someone while they're on active duty. So I, you know, the mil that first decade of my life <laughs> really shaped me on a lot of levels. And, you know, seeing where I am today, being with my husband, who's a veteran, and having been an entrepreneur for the last decade, I think a lot of it is a result of my upbringing. Um, you know, going back to the theme of your show, Quentin, I could easily tell you a very sad story, you know, of my life. But I'm here telling you a very positive story of how all of that has shaped me and has given me, given me a sense of responsibility to, um, you know, be of service. Even though I'm not in active duty uh, in the military, my husband and I are big military family advocates. Um, and as a woman of color, I'm really huge on amplifying personal narratives of, of individuals, whether you're an entrepreneur, a woman of color, um, or you are um, amongst the military community. So I have a big mission today, and a lot of it has really was because of those first 10 years being in the military. 
Yeah, and I have to say, I think that's very um, positive and inspiring and uplifting. You know, I feel like, um, you know, if you don't have uh, certain things in your life, it doesn't necessarily have to define you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, if bad things happen in your life. I read a quote, um, and I want to make sure I say it right. Uh, it says, you don't have to be a bad person if bad things happen to you right you don't right. have to uh react a certain or, you know you can take it further and say you don't have to react a certain way just because bad things happen to you i think sometimes bad things can be a great catalyst in learning how to reshape your own life and how to even sometimes um avoid some pitfalls you know because we all go through situations where we're being challenged situations come up and we don't know how to take them on, but sometimes um, these bad things, we can learn some lessons out of them, life lessons, and we can really grow from them, and we mm-hmm. can take these lessons, and we can, um, you know, because I, as I was saying in an uh, episode prior, I was talking about how I want this show, you know, for people who are younger than me, um, you know, um, younger than us, that they can learn something from that and it can Mm -hmm. be a really positive experience. And, you know, anybody who has a life lesson, anybody who is over the age of 20, you've had some form of a life lesson that you could possibly give to somebody else. And I think some of those life lessons, as hard as they may be, they're good because we can pass these on to other people and help other people in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And to add upon what you said, Quentin, about how, let's say, our past shouldn't define us, um, how we react to things shouldn't define us. I I also want to uh, rephrase that and even say, you know, the past explains things. You know, it doesn't have to define us, but it can explain why we are who we are today and how we got to where we are. And um, it's our responsibility to uh, reframe that or to to rewrite that narrative in a way that serves us because yeah it is really easy it is easy for someone like me you know who who actually does have mild depression and has struggled with suicidal ideation you know to to say like oh well my dad had it therefore you know I could easily say that but it's more like oh it you know knowing my dad's story now explains why I have this and why therapy and community is so important to me because that's one thing that my dad did not do, you know? So I just wanted to add that piece to it and let people know it's like, yeah, your past doesn't have to define you, but hopefully it'll, it'll explain things for you and give you a peace of mind knowing that you're not crazy. <laughs> you know, it's not just your fault and, and, and you're not, you know, there's a reason why you are who you are today. Yeah. And I was going to kind of ask a question, but I wasn't necessarily sure how to phrase it. But yeah, you know, knowing that now, uh, knowing about your father's struggles and his different issues, does that help make, has that helped make your journey easier through time or, you know, explaining it to other people now that you know? Yeah, you know, it's a, I think it's a double-edged sword because when times are hard for me, I use my dad's story as an excuse. Um, But if I want to empower myself, I use my dad's story as, you know, as a reason to be empowered. So, you know, I, I think that, I think that's different, like, 
contrasting emotions can exist. You know, I could be depressed and I can be really happy. I think it's okay to acknowledge that and not convince ourselves. Like if I'm sad, I, I need to convince myself that I'm happy until I'm actually happy. But yeah, it, it, it is interesting to receive that information. And I'm glad that I received it later in life, like after I've gone through, um, you know, several types of support groups and coaching and therapy, because I think if I had received that information, um, even just like five, 10 years ago, um, it would have, I probably would have gone down um, a very scary path. And, and yeah, so I'm just, it, it, it's interesting. Like, I, I guess you can say I have mixed feelings, but overall, I am happy to know because one of the things I struggled with growing up was feeling like I never had answers to anything. And I was kind of known as that completionist, like I, or, or the questioner, like I had to ask questions about anything and everything <laughs> because, you know, I grew up not knowing what happened to my dad. You know, I don't know, even till this day, we don't know exactly what happened to him. And so yeah. the knowledge helps me, the knowledge and, and my therapist was just saying this to me the other day. She said that, you know, for you, knowing um, gives you a sense of security. It gives you a sense of peace. And I, I'm an, I've embraced that. And, and knowledge is healthy for me. Um, even if I act emotional about it one day, at the end of the day, it, it really is comforting for me to know this information. Yeah, and I like what you said, because um, I didn't want to interrupt you, but no, you're saying, yes, knowledge is fire, which that is very true, but specifically um, age and time, because I've always heard, I don't know if that's true, but you know, when you're 25, um, your brain is totally developed. And I really feel like it's important to know things and to be knowledgeable, but to, to if you're learning something like that big or that important to know it at a certain age, because you know, when you're really young, you can't really handle that type of stuff. You're not well equipped. Your mind is not well equipped to hold something so weighty, so, you know, so important like that. Mm -hmm. I really like that you said that um, because knowledge is power, but it's also important to know it at a certain age. Um, so you speaking um, about depression actually leads me a uh, segue into my next question. Um, as I was preparing um, a couple of hours ago, I was preparing for the interview. I was reading about how your show, I know you have a podcast, it was, was it born out of depression or... How did, how did that like get started? Yeah, it's interesting where my podcasting career has taken me very quickly because I started last summer of 2019 and I actually wanted to start podcasting before that, but I just didn't, I, I, I sort of convinced myself that I didn't have the tools <laughs> to do it. And, um, but you know, as I mentioned earlier on in our conversation, I'm new to the East Coast. I am specifically in Virginia right now. And it's the first time since I was 10 uh, that I'm experiencing four seasons because, you know, in California, you it's perfect. <laughs> the weather there yeah. is just absolutely perfect. And out here, you're like, oh, it's snowing. How do people go to work? You know, like, how is that even possible? But mm -hmm. more importantly, um, we moved out here, my husband and I, because, uh, because for, for business opportunities, we worked together and our colleagues were out here and, and he thought it was important to make the shift. And so, you know, I uprooted my life of 20 years in California. I, I was a business owner. I had an online marketing agency for six years and I had my friends there, my mom and my brother is still there like even even while people are actively you know leaving california and, and probably going to where you live right now <laughs> quinton i hear a lot of people are driving over there or like moving over there but um 
you know, it, it's like, even, even so like that's still a home to me. So when we moved out here, the only people I could depend on was my husband and my dog. And I felt like we were very much here be, just strictly for work. So I really struggled with the social side. I, I, in a way I thought that I wasn't even allowed to have a social life because uh, once we moved out here, we moved again uh, seven months later. Um, and, and so anyway, I came to a place where I thought, you know, if I want to make friends, I'm going to have to learn how to do it online uh, because, and, and I've, I've always been familiar with that. I used to be like way back when MSN chat rooms were a thing, when AOL was a thing. Um, that's when I, I first taught myself how to type because of how badly I wanted to <laughs> socialize with people online way back when. But anyway, I came to this conclusion that I needed to build some kind of online community that I could take wherever I go because my life is so transient. And on accident, I found an extremely easy way to start podcasting. And um, it pretty much just took off from there. Uh, today, you know, as my initial desire was to build that sense of community. And I bring up uh, depression because I, yeah, my, my depression really hit me at that time. And there's a really good book that I recommend for anyone who has depression and is looking for uh, ways to work through it. Cause we, you know, I don't think depression goes away. I think it's, it's part of who you are, just like how if people ex experience trauma, it's part of who they are, but you can work with it. And there's a book that I really like called Upward Spiral by Alex Korb. And this book really gives you ideas on, as I mentioned, how to work through your depression. And the number one thing it mentioned really toward the end of the book, so spoiler alert, <laughs> is, um, is to have community, is to build community, you know, is to feel like you belong somewhere. And so that's what podcasting has really done for me is, you know, I, I've talked to people from all over the world and I'm so grateful for that. And more importantly, I've developed a bunch of friends like on one of my other on one of my podcast shows I have a co-host that joined me like six episodes in and today we have 70 episodes together you know and all of that was because of podcasting so you know I highly encourage podcasting to anyone um, especially if you're looking to build a sense of community and relationship build and 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 everything so there you go <laughs> yeah well and I yeah and I love um the fact that you said it doesn't go away because I feel like sometimes um, people think, oh, you know, you could take medication, you, you know, and a lot mm -hmm. of times people either can downgrade it and be like, oh, you're okay, you know, you can mask it with retail therapy, you can do this, <laughs> you can do that, you know, you can do all these different things, but like I said, I really like the fact you say it doesn't go away, but you can work with it. I mm -hmm. feel like, um, mental health is just as important as your regular health and mm -hmm. if you're having a crisis whether it be depression etc 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 you have to learn how to work with it work with it in your favor because i mean mm -hmm. you can work with it and spiral down and it can you know go left yeah but i feel like it's important to um work with it in your favor and use it as like i said the catalyst into moving into greater things you know, because the option is really up to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think about depression, like I think about our past, you know, some people are have an awful past, or some people had a past that really traumatized them. But you know, no matter what, your past is a part of you, it doesn't define you, you know, as we talked about in the beginning, but it is a part of you. And it's important to really address it 
and call it for what it is. You know, there was a time when I was first diagnosed with mild depression. I was in complete denial. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, that's not me. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm yeah. uppity. Like I'm a happy person. Like, no, that's not me. And when I started to um, really notice the symptoms, I was like, oh, and and I, I got to a point where I was like over justifying like why I shouldn't have it that one day I just decided to embrace it. I was like, you know what, what if I do? And what if I do have it? So then what? And from then I thought, okay, I have it, you know, it's there. I might as well work with it. Like it's a new friend. Like it's a friend in my life that's been wanting me to get to know more about it. And, and we can learn how to coexist with one another and collaborate in a way that, you know, helps one another. But the point is, it's not going to go away, you know, and, and it's, it's like a scar that you have on your body. It's like, you can't, you can put makeup over it. You can put, you know, you can cover it up, but it's going to be there. And so, and going back to what you said, Quentin, um, I think mental health is very much uh, physical health because your mental health gets expressed through your physical actions. And so people have to realize that it's all, it, it's all one and the same. And, you know, you can't tell someone to just get over it because it's like telling someone who wants to get fit, you know, it's like, Hey, just work out. It's like, it's easier. It's easier said than done. You know, you know, know, when you think about like fitness, it's like, yeah, if you want to build muscle, we know how to do it, but we have to do it consistently. And that's the same thing with mental health. It's like, you have to take care of it consistently. And also to another uh, point that you had made um, somewhat earlier in the conversation, um, being a woman of color, um, I really feel like, um, well, me being um, African-American, a man of color, it's important um, this show to highlight, yes, highlight essential workers, highlight uh, minorities, because I feel like sometimes the news can paint us in a light that is not always positive, and our stories can kind of get twisted and it's important to highlight um, our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, when was a time where you felt like, um, or did you ever have a time also being, uh, being in the business, you know, owning your own business? Was there ever a time that you feel like, you know, people didn't take you so seriously being a woman and also um, being a minority or? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, actually, I, I feel like the few times I did work in the workplace, uh, when I actually had a, a, an hourly job, um, I actually felt more discriminated against in, in the workplace than I did being an entrepreneur. Um, and I think it was because, I don't know if it was maybe just my own bias that I just hated working jobs, <laughs> but also just the position that I was in. Like, I remember the last job I had um, I got an admin position and uh, my relationship with my boss uh, ended up so bad. And at the time, I didn't understand what abuse in the workplace meant until I finally talked to the HR person about it. And they said to me, like, Jen, like, you're not supposed to be treated that way. <laughs> and so fortunately, they they educated me on my um, on my options and that I just, I literally like the, the moment I knew what my options were, I quit that same day within the minute they told me I could quit and I haven't looked back since. And the thing I love about entrepreneurship and why I've been in it uh, since 2010 is because like early on in my young twenties, 
uh, again, like, you know, this last job that I left, well, in my young 20s, even though I had a bachelor's, uh, I was fired from four jobs consistently. So I got into sales because uh, early on, because it felt like the one, it was the one thing that wouldn't fire me. And I was able to learn so much about myself and, and, you know, fast forward 10 years, uh, I'm still in this space. And I love that I get to dictate my schedule. I love that I get to own up to my own mistakes. Um, I love that it's all mine. And um, I think that honestly, it's an advantage that I am a woman of color, that I am a minority, I am a woman. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's been to my advantage because I, um, I, I personally can't think of a, a time where I experience like racism um, it, as an entrepreneur, because I think that there's so many of us. I, I think that um, we're not spoken of enough that we are out there and we are making things happen. Um, but there is there, I mean, obviously there's a lot of responsibility to being an entrepreneur and, and running your own business, but at the same time, there's also a lot of control and freedom and choices and options. And so I feel like I encourage anyone, especially women of color or minorities or people who feel underrepresented to uh, consider being in business for yourself or, or, getting some kind of side hustle because, you know, if you're, if you are in that position where you feel like you're not like, you don't have control of things, um, entrepreneurship is one way to start practicing, you know, that sense of control and that sense of choice and options. So, you know, long answer for you, but you know, to summarize it, it it's oh, been no, great. Yeah. It's, it's been a great experience quite honestly. Uh, I mean, today I'm fortunate. I am fortunate to be working with my husband um, who is Caucasian and it is interesting to work with him because I had my own um, personal biases of what it's like to work with a white guy, you know, and like work with white people, like white, white guys and, you know, being in an industry, we're in financial services to be in an industry that is dominated by old white guys, you know, yeah. like, let's just, let's just put it out there. We all, you know, when you think of a financial advisor, I think most people typically picture an old white guy. And so it is, it, it has been interesting to be in this space, but what, um, and even initially I minimized myself. Like I thought that, I wasn't allowed to speak up and long story short, I realized that wasn't serving anyone and my teammates actually did listen to me when I did talk. And so today I've just learned to own my space in it. And I think that one thing that entrepreneurship teaches people, especially women of color is that like your voice does matter and, and you have, you have something to offer and you can own it. Like you can own this space because it's your space and no one, and, and the only person that can minimize you is you. Uh, that's all, that's in my personal experience. And I, I hope that, you know, I, and, and, and the other people that I've spoken to, it's been a similar experience as well, but that's just my encouragement to anyone, especially women of color who are considering being an entrepreneur is that um, there's a lot more freedom and control and happiness in this space than you may know. Yeah, and I like the fact that you said, um, you know, your voice matters, um, you know, owning owning your own company, starting your own company. Um, I feel like in the media, we get portrayed in such a way, like I said, it's not genuinely authentic um, mm -hmm. being a minority. And I just feel like it's important that we give opportunities um, to uh, minorities other people, especially when you own your own business, that you can help other people out. Collaboration is really important. Mm -hmm. And I also um, feel like, especially, you know, with all that's in the news um, with, you know, Breonna Taylor and all those different um, 
things, you know, to show yeah. that we are, we are important. We are here and um, our voice matters, you know, yeah. nobody can, um, nobody can paint a picture of what we are. Um, and there's nothing wrong with um, being yourself, you know? Yeah. And to add upon that, we have to realize that media, media is a business too. Like every, everything that you see on TV, it's a business. They're trying to increase their viewership. They're trying to get more advertisers. And I don't, I, I'm not upset at that, you know, cause I am, you know, I do believe in capitalism and, and I feel like that is a very controversial thing to say as a woman of color, because I am very well aware that, you know, it could be perceived as, Oh, you're greedy. You just want money and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I get that, <laughs> you know, at the same time, it's like, it, it's like, it's like just understanding that, like, if, if I think, I think what I'm trying to say, Quentin, is that like, if, if we look outward and we're, we're upset that something is not representing us, that is a sign that you have to take responsibility for that and create something for yourself. That's how I see it. You know? So it's like, if I feel like I'm not represented in media, I create my own media. That's why I podcast, you know, that's why I do video. Like that's why I do what I do now. Maybe it's not, it's not going to be as big as these um, media conglomerates in any way, but I'm not here to help everyone. You know, I think we're all meant to be on this earth for a reason and we don't have to impact the entire world. Sometimes we just need to impact one person and that one person can make a positive um, impact in their own lives and maybe in future generations. Like, like if I can start one small ripple effect that can last generations, just because I said that my voice mattered and I found the tools I needed to amplify my voice, then I'm happy about that you know, and, um, and I think, I think more people, uh, more minorities who feel misrepresented, um, need to know the power and the resources that they already have. So that's that, like, I say that out of love and passion and encouragement to let people know, like, you do have control. Like, let's not forget we're in America, you know, you could be in any third, and, and I'm saying this from a family of immigrants, you know, you could be in any third world country. And a lot of women that look like me can, like, are not allowed to speak up the way that I'm speaking up right now, you know, and, and knowing that it, it comes with a sense of responsibility. And so if you're a woman of color and you're listening to this and you're angry, like that is your sign that you need to make a difference. Like be angry at yourself that you haven't made a difference yet. Be, you know, be angry at yourself that you haven't, you know, you know, that, that, you know, you have the tools, you now know, I'm telling you, you now know have the tools, you now have the tools to actually make a difference and you just have to go and get it and do it and run with it. Yeah. And, um, I like what you said. Um, I like pretty much all of it, but, um, I like what you said about <laughs> specifically, um, making an impact on somebody. Um, yes, you know, when we, when we go out into the world, obviously we want to make money. Um, you know, we want to support ourselves and all of that stuff, but it's really important that, um, yes, we have the tools, but if we go out, you know, whether with this podcast or a podcast, somebody wants to be an actor, uh, working the regular nine to five. Um, if you make an impact on somebody's life, one person, really, truly, we've done, I feel like to me, we've done our work on earth um, to what we're meant to do, you know, if we make an impact on somebody, that can go so much further than, you know, anything else that we ever could do, making an impact on just one other person outside of ourselves. So. Yeah, yeah, and 
And one more thing to add upon that is you're honoring your ancestors, you know, the people that came before you, your, your parents, your grandparents, you know, any, anyone before you, you honor them by changing not just your narrative, but their narrative. You know, like I come from a background where the Philippines was colonized for centuries by different people, by, by the Spaniards, by the Americans, you know, like we're still a very young independent country. And even now there's a lot of problems. There's still a lot of problems going on over there. Like freedom of speech is not existent there, you know? And so just knowing that I am in a position where I can speak my mind, um, however I want to speak it is, is a big responsibility that, that I don't take for granted. And I hope that I hope that anyone that hears this knows that, like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in a sim similar situation as I, to know that you do have more power than you realize, and 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 it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be scared to know now how powerful you really are and how much big of an impact you can make. And I'm just here to say, you can do it. You can do it. We can do it. You know, don't just do it for, I mean, if, if, if not for yourself, do it for the generations that come after you and do it to honor the generations before you. Well, you um, couldn't have said it um, better or ended the show any better. Um, <laughs> lastly, uh, where, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. My favorite, uh, Lately, I'm most active on Instagram, so you can find me at the Jen Amos. That's T H E J E N A M O S, and the same thing on Twitter as well, and the same on Facebook. All right, um, thank you so much for joining uh, Life and Times with Quentin, and you have a wonderful day. Thanks, Quentin. I appreciate you having me. Oh, no problem. Bye bye. Bye. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the show so far and would like to hear more fun stories and episodes from me, go to anchor.fm slash life and times with Quentin and there's a support show button you can click on and donate whatever you can. I appreciate you guys and thank you so much. All right, thank you guys so much for joining me for my 11th episode of Life and Times with Quentin. Um, over the next couple of weeks, I have a lot of really special guests that I can't wait for you guys to hear. I thank you so much for all of your support. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. And until next time.